This time around on the Hold Your Breath podcast, we're going to talk to my friend Tim Stolinski. Tim is an Iraqi war veteran who joined the United States military after the events of 9-11. Upon leaving the military, he attended college at St. Bonaventure University. Tim is someone I admire, as he has constantly worked to better himself. He's educated, experienced, and opinionated. Currently, Tim is working to bring more attention to the civil-military divide, hoping to bridge that gap through his blog, experiences, and nonprofit. This episode is a two-parter, and in the first half we talk about his experiences after 9-11, growing up prejudiced in western New York, and how he learned to correct that trajectory. How you doing, bud? I'm doing. Happy. Yeah? Big day. I did a little bit of a campaign work for Pat Burke. Um, Hand out some leaflets and pamphlets and crap. Awesome. But, um, yeah. Neat. It was cool because it was all like within my fire district. So yeah. I was like looking at some of the weird um, streets and stuff we've got. It was helpful. Did some, uh, some little work around the Peace Pole. All right, cool. Yeah, I saw that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah got some bulbs planted in it the other day and went and got some more like this gardening soil and mulch thrown on top. Yeah, cool. Ever yeah. N- neighbors all right with it? As far as I know. Like, okay. I got, it's weird. The lady across the street from me, she's pretty nice. She's like a, a nurse. But, um. She's lived there for quite some time, and she's mentioned like it's nice to see someone taking care of that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, people to my right, it's a duplex that the owner occupies one side, and then their son and his wife on the other. Okay, and pretty cool. And I got another duplex to my left that's like Young's development, and I can't stand them. Like the people in it are right, but the immediate neighbors, I think, are moving out. Okay. And then there's some old people on the other side of it. I don't really talk with them a whole lot. I, I took the eggs once and then I haven't really heard from them. Oh, that's right. How are the chickens? They're, they're doing chicken things. It's, yeah. I ran them. Um, I mowed over a snake the other day. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little gardener snake. I almost feel bad for it. But like the chickens got out. And it was all over by the compost area. The chickens love to eat the compost. Okay. So they're flocking over there and I knew it. I knew they were going to do it. And they all went around the snake and they were like going nuts trying to oh. take it from each other and run away. But then the chicken ran away with the snake in her mouth. But it's so long that she keeps stepping on the tail oh. as she's running and like jerking forward. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yo, it's awesome. I have a... I've got uh, our neighbors across the street have a couple of chickens. Nice. And uh, I say a couple, but really it's like five. So it's kind of it's kind of neat because they just kind of walk around and stay in the yard, though. So like they they have like that little zone of territory. I mm-hmm. understand. And they just kind of like yeah. We don't take a risk by letting ours out without us out there. Like we get a lot of hawks and stuff. And, okay. You know. So we are always outside if they're out of their coop. But all right, all right. Yeah, my my neighborhood seems pretty. 
there's a couple of uh, rough ones around where I live, but like, so it's like generally everyone's really nice people. Like I've got a, a, this guy across the street, his name's Howie and he's probably, he's got to be in his eighties. I've never really asked him, but you know, he's a, he's a, a Marine and just a really good conversation, you know, whenever he's out super polite and nice Ooh. and uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, you don't, you get to pick your neighbors kind of only if you know them. So I kind of lucked out with him. Yeah. The other two sides of the house, I, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> like we haven't really spoken. That's <laughs> No conversation. Yeah. We moved in in like mid October, 2018. Yeah. So we didn't really get to know any of our neighbors until the springtime. Okay. It's kind of weird. But like I said, the people to my right, like a guy, John, cool shit. And he's, they've lived there for like 35 years or so. Okay. They like tell me all the history of my property through like the different owners that he's known and like things that they've done to the house. <laughs> Sometimes there's good stories about your house, you know? Yeah. Things that you didn't know. Like when, when we moved in, it was, uh, you know, we you ask the questions like when you're buying a house like has it ever flooded or you know has anyone been like stabbed to death in there you know what is it haunted (laughs) like do we have ghosts um and they were just like no no nothing's ever happened but when we came into the house and looked for it we're in the basement and i'm like it really looks like there's been like water down here right like it's got that little line like maybe three or four inches up off the basement floor and you're just like that's definitely water stain but they're like no there's no reported flood at all ever i'm like okay well whatever so we buy the house and the first year we're there um that summer like maybe my first mow of, of that summer i mow over i don't know like one or two inches onto the one neighbor's yard and he comes over later that night knocks on the door it's like hey, hey, hey introduces himself and i couldn't tell you his name because i already knew at the second he was at my door that this was going to turn into something ridiculous he introduces <laughs> introduces himself and he's like hey come come out here because i want to show you something right and he's a he's a big man like he's tall and he's wide and he's just a, a big guy so i'm like okay i'm i'm probably gonna die for something <laughs> So we walk over to the side. He's like, I just wanted to tell you, you know, over here, this is your property. But like here is my property. And see where you mowed? (laughs) Came over on my property. I'm like, oh man, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I, you know, I just, I just saw the grass line and I just mowed. He's like, listen, you follow right up to your edge of your fence. You mow that. We'll be good. I'll mow the rest. I'll mow my yard. I'm like, okay, sir. I'm like, and, and he's older than me. And he and he's a uh, he's. I think he's a marine too. And they like him and Howie know each other. But Howie is much more. Chris, hey, how's it going? You know, waving across the street. And strangely enough, um, found out who me and Priscilla were before we even moved in. So. Weird. Like I went kayaking one day and I pulled back in with my, with the boat on my Jeep. And he, the first time I met him shouts across the street, Hey, Chris, come over here. I want to talk to you. I'm like, well, I'm like what the fuck? 
what? <laughs> so I walk over. I'm like, yes. He's like, I'm Howie. And then we have this like, you know, 30 minute conversation about the neighborhood and how he's been asking around. And there's one guy down the street that found everything out that he needs to ever know about us. And I'm like, holy crap. It is a new world. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you found out about me where he's like, I don't know. I just asked the neighbors. I'm like, okay. But it's so strange the time that we live in because you know looking back at like high school and i i'm weird because i I do that a lot because <laughs> i just wonder how i got to where I, I wonder a lot how i got to this spot in my life and like the internet was just porn and like smashing yeah. pumpkins midi files you know, <laughs> you sign on to AOL and you listen to the thing. Beep, 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 beep. How many kids now still like will understand what that, that noise is, you know? Yeah. I love noise. Yeah. They, I, I, I haven't tested it. I mean, my kids don't know what it is, but I'm going to, you know, I'll educate them when they're smart enough to remember <laughs> it. But like, I just, I remember signing on and, you know, you go on the internet and it's like 1994 on my little 75 megahertz Packard bell <laughs> and signing on and you couldn't listen to regular music yet, but you could definitely just, you know, Nirvana smells like teen spirit MIDI file. And it's just <laughs> freaking computer sounds making a, a song. And I'm like, but now, you know, you can Google search anyone you're arguing with on Facebook and find out their oh, home terrible. phone number and address. You know, it's crazy. There's so much, it's just out there. I mean, real estate records are public records. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy just to Google anybody's name. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll just, I'll do myself like monthly just to mm-hmm. see what else pops up because it's just, I don't need anybody, you know, not that where I live is a, any type of a secret, but it's like a, like it feels just like a giant privacy violation. Absolutely. Cause like anybody gets mad at you on Twitter can, yeah shit up and doc and docs you mm-hmm. Ugh. Had them. weird people out there you just never know what that's gonna show up in your mail although no they're super weird people i just like like it's i have to be more careful in picking my arguments now and it's i'm very bad at it because i've lost a lot of patience especially recently super a lot of patience and um I'm trying to be be more kind and be like thoughtful about things because I don't know, like the last time when I blew up a couple of days ago, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday and someone just posted this diatribe on Facebook about how just life is unfair and they're so oppressed and the Thanksgiving day parade is canceled. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? The parade's canceled. Like people are dying, like just relax and start, you know, continue your tradition next year or better yet be patient and wait a minute because yes, they announced it's canceled, but then like 15 minutes later after you complained and whined about it, they announced that they're going to do something. It will be fine. Uh Right. And, um, but I, you know, I, I have a propensity to use harsh language (laughs) (laughs) because yeah, fuck is a really good word. Yeah. And you just gotta, you gotta just boom. I get angry. So I've tried to tone it down a little bit, but then, you know, yesterday happened and people are stupid again. So it's, I can't help myself. And um, 
I got a, I got into a back and forth with this guy who starts spouting off like information about me in a Facebook post. I'm like, wow, you're bored, dude. Like, I, I, that's, that's super awesome of you to start just like throwing stuff around and it, it's like all like five year old information or more, right? Like, it's like, it's like an old apartment I lived in and like wrong phone number that I don't even know where that phone number came from. It's not mine, but he starts posting it like nonchalantly, like you're, you know, this is my argument with you. I'm like, okay. So then I called him. I'm like, hey, pal. He's like, he's like, wait, who's this? I'm like, this is the guy you're causing trouble with on the interweb, like <laughs> Mr. Anonymity, an, anonym, anonymous person. But he like, he like names himself um, after his like pig breeding company, his LLC. And I'm like, okay, like, like that's your, your name is your, your company. So all I had to do was Google it. Right. I'm like, hi, hey man, what's up, dude? Like, let's have this conversation. What's this? And you know, you taught like I've never done that before, but like I said, patience very small now. So like talking to this guy, and like I'm expecting this terrible conversation where it's just like a back and forth argument of like hate and swearing. And actually, after about like 20 minutes of talking to him, he he actually turned out to be halfway decent. He just really stupid. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but you know we we made peace and he deleted his post which is fine it's not like it really affected me because right. my, my name's already there and the information you have is either old or it's wrong so crazy what people do when they're hiding behind the screen yeah right and as soon and, as you talk to them face to face or anything it's like oh yeah yeah and then as soon as they know that you can do the same thing it's like yeah. damn i'm sorry you know, Shit. What to me is that like you said we're in high school and stuff really the beginning of the internet mm-hmm. i think we got my our first like family computer when i was a freshman in high school when like maybe a, a year or two later we have internet like, mm-hmm. right yeah so like, probably boom. like like 98 97 or 98 when we're having internet <laughs> <laughs> and all this stuff like your parents tell you not to do online like don't don't go into chat rooms. Don't talk. Do you do it. Don't don't read that stuff. You don't know what the hell anybody is writing. It could be anybody. Like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, that don't make sense. And you learn those things as like the infancy of the internet. And then now that's what they're doing. Right. What the hell happens? I don't know. Like, I grew up being told, like, given all these rules and all these lessons, and told to do this and don't do this, and and don't believe everything that you hear. But now all of a sudden it's believe everything that you read right. <laughs> or, or hear. As long as it doesn't come yeah. from the mainstream media. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that blows my mind too, because it's, it's the mainstream media that's criticizing the mainstream media all the time. It blows yeah. my mind. I just can't handle it anymore. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm very happy with no cable news networks, period. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can agree there. It's uh, and it's it's crazy because it it, like looking. I'd be better honestly. It would. Uh, I don't know if, how much it would set society back, but I'd be okay without social media, like at all. Like who needs it? Like Facebook, yeah. it's a fucking trash can. It's Twitter cool. is a trash can. Facebook was cool when you had to have an, a .edu, 
and it was everybody like posting up where the parties are going to be. Here's some pictures of my dumbass doing keck stands, and uh, that's about it. That was like the fucking extent of Facebook, and it was yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, then, but it was a ba- it was basically just a service to hook up in college, yeah. more or less. Mm-hmm. But now it's now it's a it's literally a fake news like pulsating propaganda machine. It's fucking crazy man like social media drives me crazy because it gives like this v- insanely like magnified voice like mm-hmm. and and like mine only mine only reaches so far like i have all like these struggles like getting out there for stuff that should be out there and like you know like my photography business or something because it's like it's hard to promote something real when everyone is promoting something fake yeah like everybody's chasing clout yeah and you get you have like this huge bullhorn for like the the q anon stuff and you know years ago uh just the the birther stuff with obama Mm -hmm. and like people just grab onto that and just like throw it back out at full speed it's like so many people just wanting to have some validity some validation Mm -hmm of their own prejudices or anything that kind of gives them that that like fucking surge in their mind like oh it's published so i'm see i'm right motherfucker yeah no you're you're about like two balls short being fucking smart (laughs) if it's like that it's like the instant grad it's like almost it's instant gratification right Mm -hmm. it's uh like why are people like this and you you add in the ability to stay anonymous for the most part and then you add in some volatile like opinion or or propaganda and you just shoot it out and then everybody else that does the same thing shoots it out and it's like there's all these things that have been festering for decades Mm -hmm. and the internet best media social media it's just allowed a lot of these wackos to like come to the forefront and get that megaphone yeah so all these fake militias all these you know anti-government groups they've been around right you could you could search and find them back in high school they were there but they couldn't get the clout and it's mm-hmm. like finally after decades they've managed to connect all these different pieces and mostly because like some rich asshole sees them as a way to just subvert something. Yep. Uses them as a tool. All this, it's like, okay, here's all these resources you need. You fucking weirdos. Now go cause chaos for me. Yeah. That's crazy. I just like, I could never, like I wouldn't where we are now. I never really saw it. Like I never saw us actually getting here because it, it like, we've kind of like you and I grew up in the nineties and the the biggest thing in the nineties that we ever had was like, we had Columbine, like we got mm-hmm. that because yeah, we were, we were also, yep. And uh, what else? Yeah. We gave rise to the school shootings. It's yeah. That, that was us. That was, that was, that was probably like the, the jumping off point where America should have been like, damn that's crazy we should probably do something about mental health yeah 
<laughs> and, it, and and instead they're like, well, no, this is Marilyn Manson's fault, and these kids played to Doom. Like I played, I played Doom. I listened to Marilyn Manson. I didn't go shoot up my school. I didn't even think about it. Like I I remember sitting. I think it was like in, um, it was like social studies or something where we first heard about it, and you know we we had that open discussion and. We were just talking about like what was happening because the you know they turned the TV on you know the TV on the giant mm-hmm. stand and Catalano's room had it yeah Catalano's room had it and I can't re- I can't remember I'm pretty sure it was social studies because it was it was really just everyone very shocked about the whole thing and I remember just kind of being silent and thinking about it and then being scared and in high school. I don't know, because you, you were like a year under me, right? Yeah. And do you remember those two dudes? They were like twin they brothers. Out of Fredonia. Yeah, yeah, and came in. and very, yeah, very, all, I was just thinking the same thing. Trench all, coats and glasses, yeah. yeah. Like they were imitating them. And yeah. they got off on like everybody wondering if these motherfuckers were going to be the next shooters. Exactly. And, and it happened and everyone was scared. And I, I remember like, you know, I was always on some sort of like like on my tippy toes just around that and you know you had the occasional teacher that would kind of like push at it and i can't remember the guy's name it was like salisbury i think salisbury steak teacher paul we salisbury were, the world yeah oh man i couldn't stand that dude we, no me man, either catholic school with his hairy fucking knuckles <laughs> i just I, like i had him I for I, I teach you sex ed <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know what fucking Jesus on a crucifix behind him. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was a giant, a ginormous douchebag, but I remember, and it was probably at that point, like I had him a couple of years after Columbine and those, the one, one of the brothers was in the class and he calls him out in the middle of the class and starts talking about, cause you know, they would wear their coats around school all day long. Yeah. Like whether it was like. 90 degrees in the school or middle of winter it was always that trench coat and it wasn't like it was rotc it was you know these guys just wearing coats to basically cause a disturbance as far as i could tell and he calls them out and they're like a shouting match and it's like the whole class in salisbury and this dude and he's like go to the office like okay um i don't know if i could recount every time i got sent to the office in high school but, <laughs> like that was really it right like we had columbine we had we had columbine i can't think of anything else i mean we next thing that i can remember remotely happening is 9 11 right like uh, and like that was a blur because i was that was my f- 2001 right so yeah. that was my that was my sophomore year in college i was down in edinburgh and I remember waking up that morning and walking, I don't know, it was like a block or two down the street to like my history of Nazi Germany class. And this all comes full circle now because, you know, we're heading that direction, but we could probably get there. Um, but, I, you know, we're sitting in that class and I just remember, you know, my professor coming in and being like, well, you know, the school is actually going to close because this, this and this happens. And you see like the whole class just turns white. Right. And you're just like, holy cow, like, what is like, this isn't real. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was, that was right after the first plane hit. So it was still early. I think I was on my way back 
and I got back to my dorm after class was canceled, uh, right at about the time the second plane hit. Mm-hmm. And then everything started coming in about the Pentagon and yeah. then uh, Pennsylvania, which, yep. you know, was an hour down the highway, down 80, whatever that, 86, I think, or something, down PA yeah. heading towards Pittsburgh for me. So it's like, you know, I it, that kind of hit home, but, you know, it wasn't, I didn't really grasp it at that time. And in retrospect, I probably should have paid better attention to that because these are like, these things are catalysts for everything that moved yeah. forward from on, from that point. It's kind of a joke, but I say it's as if like at nine 11 is the point where we lost that infinity stone and we went out on that like black timeline that you see. In the yeah. Like the timeline like, switch. Nothing else really makes sense anymore. Hmm. It's, it's something so screwed up and so many things go back to then. I mean, you can even tie in the stuff with Putin and Russia because that's when he's really rising power initially. Mm-hmm. His late nineties, you know, early aughts, and there's this giant opportunity for the world to kind of take a good step together and find a common thing to. Mm-hmm address now that the cold war is over and we kind of spent like a decade wondering what the fuck's going on right you know 90 really the 90s was more marked by like financial crisis than anything else for sure yeah but so you go there you got 9-11 and 9-11 was pretty i mean at that point in time you were just graduating or had just graduated right so that was kind of your catalyst for joining yeah Yeah, that was the start of my senior year in high school the crazy thing is that, like, we spent so many days watching and rewatching video of the planes crashing and people jumping out of fucking buildings and all that shit. Yeah. And nobody stopped to think, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be watching these things on loop. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's bad enough that some, an attack like that happens, right? You can compare, people can always compare it to Pearl Harbor. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, after Pearl Harbor, you didn't have people watching. You know, it over and over, over and over and over again, and no one realizes that like we had just like a massive trauma across the country mm-hmm. that people just kind of like, oh, George Bush said, go back to our normal lives because that will make the terrorists lose. <laughs> cool. <laughs> just carrying on as if nothing happened. No, yeah. that like that just deepens the trauma. And it's it's a scar, like right, like it's it's always going to be there, and it, I mean mm-hmm. it is always there because you you go to New York now and you have a nice new building, but you also have the memorial for it, sure. right? And you you're constantly reminded, and I think this year, um, thinking about thinking about nine eleven because it's, I mean the anniversary was just a, a handful of days ago, but like. <sighs> that's with social media now that's all you see mm-hmm. is replaying and replaying of the events and and mm-hmm. but now and, and it it always kind of you always had the conspiracies that mm-hmm. you know you would hear about like oh i heard this or i heard that but it was it was damped down 
And then we get to now and all it is, is conspiracies. And that's what gets the, like the algorithm, like puts that to the forefront and all, that's all you hear about, about this is what happened to nine 11, or this is what's happening now. And it's like, how do you, how do you sort the facts from the fiction now that like it's anybody can say whatever they want. Right. 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 And were people lying back then? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, who do you believe? Right. I mean, like, I don't. I, I'm not a kook for conspiracies, but, you know, like, people, like, are, like, grab onto it and hold onto it. Like, it's all fact when it's really just some dude posted a meme. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I don't know. Like, and I get, I get, and, and, you know, I wasn't there. I, I had a couple of friends in New York that were, like, in Manhattan, not, you know, not near at all where the Twin Towers were that suffered through it and, you know, conversations with them. And, you know, you throw them a, a text message because, like, even at that point, like, I had a giant Nokia phone. <laughs> you know, I had sent a text to, uh, one of my friends, Jim, who was out there and he's like, yeah, it's crazy here, but you know, I'm okay. Right. Because you you initially start to like worry about everybody because like, even like back then I'm, I'm still pretty young. I didn't, I didn't know like the gravity of it or how big it actually was. It just felt huge. But you knew it was important because it Mm -hmm. cost money to send that individual text message. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 10 cents per text. So I don't know. It's it it it's crazy to look back at like where we came from and see where we are now because it feels like it it definitely yeah the Infinity Stone split off and we are very much in it in this accelerated timeline seems right. to just be. We went down this path where we were told to just continue on go back to our normal lives. Mm-hmm. So you repress all of your feelings and stuff in that day because you know George Bush is going to take care of everything. Him and, and Crazy right. Dick. And, you know, just go back to your lives, let us figure this out and just, you know, let us take care of it. And it ends up, you know, we go down a road of like endless war for decades, still, still at war. No one pays much attention to it, but yeah, you know, no one stops to question it. No one stops to say, do we really need to continue all the spending? Do we really need to have people deployed, killing other people? still yeah what's the objective here freedom fries right you can't just keep going and killing terrorists because there's terrorists like there's always going to be something it's a fucking idea so and so many people seem to feel like they don't have the ability to question the military or you know your government when they want to do these things because you know well we're not experts in these things so we should just trust the people who are and we're electing no everybody <laughs> that's your tax dollars paying for you got every right to question what the military is doing what the strategy mm-hmm. is whether or not they really need to buy that new fucking f-35 when uh let me ask you when did you like w- at what point did you know that's what you wanted to do that you wanted to sign up and go and fight the war I, I like, think what was your when I was watching like G.I. Joe at five years old. Okay. <laughs> it goes back that far, huh? Yeah. yeah it, it, mean, predates, it predates the whole thing. It, it's, in, it's, in doc, it's United States indoctrination at a young age. <laughs> it really was. It was like probably the most successful recruitment program was G.I. Joe. Yeah. You're uh, gonna, like, 
you're fucking Duke, man. Oh, man. Wouldn't be cool until Serpentor freaking throws a snake spear through his head. <laughs> so that was it. Like, so it ha- so this happens, 9-11 happens, and you signed up, right? Yeah, like, I knew I was going down that road. I spent the, f- when I was freshman or sophomore in high school, I was looking at the military academies. Mm-hmm. And as I read about, like, what life is like for the cadets there, I was like, fuck that, that's so stupid. <laughs> like, freshmen have to walk on very specific sidewalks and can only go in one direction. I'm like, this is stupid. Who will fucking do this? <laughs> right, right, okay. Right. So it was pretty much whether or not I got an ROTC scholarship. And if I didn't, I'm just going to do enlist in the Army. So, okay. you know, someone smiled on me and said, you can go to St. Bonaventure. And, and Bonaventure was a it was a good I mean it was a good school right like you're you're very proud to have gone there. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's you know probably saved me because I know you know growing up you're largely a product of like your environment and you know I was very much in the mold of what my parents were trying to shape me, which was not something that I like anymore. But you know, yeah. all like the very sort of passive racism that's you brought up around in western new york yeah tell me about it yeah (laughs) and getting to go to bonas and finally get exposed to new people and like it it just kind of like dispelled all those types of prejudices and got to understand them you know got to learn how to think yeah you know how to think myself and just really changed who i was Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Let me say, when Wikipedia was still brand new and you could like put whatever the fuck you wanted onto it. Yeah. When he first created the, the first like entry for St. Bonaventure University, it opened up what with like, oh, about St. Bonaventure University well, is where in New York. St. Bonaventure is widely recognized throughout the world as the greatest place to be. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just something so absolutely asinine that you're like yeah you know who wrote that <laughs> it's gotta be because that's just the crazy shit we think of yeah right and you and you know you write that you've got to be able to you know you're trying to make it be okay that you're spending all this money going to college getting a degree that you know they tell you they're gonna place you in a job with and yeah. then you know after you get out of school you're forgotten about Fend for yourself. Those jobs don't really exist. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you're stuck with these mounds, uh, uh, mounds of predatory loans that basically have crippled. You, it's no. not like, and the student loans, the interest is like twice as much as you pay on a freaking car. Right. Like, you, <laughs> I remember, and you know, I I I got a little bit lucky with my student loans, um, but it it's just I remember like just years ago and it probably like you when you finish something and you start actually going back to pay it off and you let the time go by and you're like i'm just gonna make these minimum payments maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit more you don't really you're not taught that in school about like you know your your rates or your you know your interest or the length of your loan or even looking at the plans that you're doing because they're income driven like oh yeah I should yeah do that. and then you realize my balance keeps going up 
They've been, well, yeah, and, they, and they've been teaching you sine, cosine, and fucking tangent instead mm-hmm. of, you know, how to manage your actual life and preparing you to get out. And I just remember, you know, you, I went like a decade or 15 years before I actually sat down and just said, how much did you I even owe on these things yet? Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, I paid how much of how much and I still owe mm-hmm. how much? I know. Like I, you're just I drown. you drown. It's probably like you know, nearly 10 years after I got out of college the first time and I'm like, I had to go through a goddamn MBA program to finally start to understand some of these things. Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely insane. And it's, 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 you know, it's crazy. I wish I knew that back when, you know, my parents were like, you have to leave state for school. You shouldn't stay around here. You should definitely go to like Pennsylvania and enroll there. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I trust my parents. And I'm just, you know, I'm uh, I'm 17. I started, I you know, I graduated at 17. I my had a late birthday, like you know, Halloween, and so I was 17. My first year of school, I didn't know any of this shit. So I'm just like, okay, whatever you say, mom, I'll do it. And then you know, everything and I sh- what I should have really thought logically was. If I wanted to go to school, I absolutely should have gone in New York because the the programs in New York I would not have been triple the price mm-hmm. as they are in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. And you know, and I learned that my first year in at school in Edinburgh. Being once you talk to somebody that's like from PA, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Wow, you you're from New York and you came here? It's gotta mm-hmm. be costing you a lot of money." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> It's like, this is not the same for me? Like, no, yeah. I, I'm from PA. It's cheaper for us. I'm like, yeah. shit. And then you <laughs> recognize that. I'm like, well, crap, I'm already coming here again next, next semester in the fall. So I can't, I have to follow through now. And then I ended, I got smart and I transferred back. And I was like, I'll I save, save myself from, you know, $80,000 in loans and just stopped it at thirty. Right, but then you know that's I've been paying that off for forever. It's, yeah, I mean, and once you get yeah. a, once you get a job, and then it's like let me pay more towards it, mm-hmm. and then finally, twenty years later, I'm I'm in debt with a house now instead of a student <laughs> loan. <laughs> yeah, it, house is crazy, right? Because like it's so hard to find a good house somewhere mm-hmm. that isn't like a six figure loan. Yeah. And who the fucking wrap their head around something like that? Because no one, no regular person ever actually sees that kind of money physically. Right. You, yeah. We can understand what a few grand is like, you know. Can you, you know, but when you start talking about six figure loans, you're like, you can't really. Like, how do you comprehend it? No. Because, you know, you, you, in a lot of jobs, it's not like. No, it's, it's, it's like a fake number. Yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, really? This much money? Like, <laughs> I remember because this is like, this house is, is my wife's first house. So this is actually like my third house. And it's funny that you can just recycle houses into houses, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you know, you buy a house and then you kind of grow out of it and then you buy another house from selling that house and you just kind of keep it moving along mm-hmm. until like a serious life change, like my my divorce happened and then you just lose the house. Pull one out. 
Yeah, and it's your you it's it's almost like you have a fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I remember when that happened and it's four years ago now, but and that's how time flies because like I'm yeah. just you look back, I'm like, holy crap, I was divorced four years ago already. <laughs> but you know, I, I remember I'm just like, I don't have to I'm paying rent, which sucks because it's like money that's going to housing, but I don't really own anything. Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it's, it's like a utility to me. And I mean, it is, it, it's housing is used. It should be at some point, like to some level of utility so people can survive. But I got, that's all I got out of it, but I didn't have to mow a lawn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get two years into it, into living in an apartment again. And then I'm like, damn, I really miss mowing a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, it, and I met, you know, I met Priscilla and I was just like, okay, well, let's get a house. And then she, she hadn't had that experience. I had it twice already. So I handled a lot of it mm-hmm. and I tried to do my best to explain it. But even at that point, I didn't really completely understand it until yeah. this house, which is kind of interesting that it seems that your education of life gets you more prepared for life than school actually does. Oh yeah. So I I just remember looking at the sheets, those sheets and being like, Oh, so this is at the end of our 30 year mortgage. This is actually what we will have paid for this house. Mm. And you're like, Oh damn. (laughs) (laughs) What did we get ourselves into? (laughs) But you know, that's, I think that's America, right? It's just, you know, it's, it's almost always living past your means. Yeah, it really is. It's just an insane setup that we've got. Because, like, we're both middle-class people, mm-hmm. you know. And the create it's insane to think that, like, not that this is us, but, like, you can legitimately be making, you know, two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 in a year and mm-hmm. still just be middle-class. Yeah, it's crazy. Where you're living in shit. Whew. It's new. I yeah. I just don't I I don't understand how people think that it works. I don't know. It I think so much of this has just become normalized that mm-hmm. no one gives it a second thought. Like, well, that's just the way it is. I mean, but should it be? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, is is this like you work you you grow up and you're a kid and you get schooled to prepare yourself for the real world and for work. So technically you're in high school and yeah, your education's being paid for through taxes. But then when you finish high school, then you're paying in college to get yourself prepared to get a job, to live, also pay off your training to to get your job. You know, the thing is, the thing that spurred so much of the big middle class burst in the, in the, 20th century was the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, so many guys come home from World War II and not long after that from Korea as well. And they're able to use their GI Bills not just for education, but to just straight up get a mortgage. Now there's VA mortgages that are different from like the way that worked. Okay. And they're pretty sweet deals and stuff, but vastly different from just being able to basically cash in on your benefits and get by a fucking house. And then some guys used it to like start their own businesses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was essentially like a giant government subsidized program for you to purchase a house or start a business. Right. 
And somewhere along the line, between like the 60s and 70s, someone convinced America that like having the government subsidize these things directly to you is a bad communist thing. Mm-hmm. Like, motherfucker, that's how we got to be so great. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how we got to be such a large economy and like have all these nice creature comforts when so much of the rest of the world was languishing as they rebuilt from World War II. Yeah. Whew, man. Have the government pay off all these people's student loans? Because really, for the most part, you know, when you're dealing with a federal loan, it's just like a figment of accountability or of accounting. Because they're federal fucking dollars that have already been spent on your education. So the fe- you know, Department of Education just be like, all right, cool. You don't know that anymore. Bye. See right. ya. <laughs> right? we, throw, we throw money away to everything else. Why? So, right? That's And that's the argument. They're going to tell us that, they're going to tell us, how are we, how can you afford to do that? Well, fuck, can you afford to give giant tax, billions and billions of dollars right. in tax cuts randomly just to big business? Like, yeah. where, are you, where are you pulling... trillion to stimulate the economy and line people's pockets. Like you just fucking print money. Like just get rid of student loans. You're probably never going to get all that fucking money back anyway, because that person, that person's either going to get old and die before it's all paid off. They're going to get depressed and off themselves before it gets paid off because where are they going? They probably feel like they're going nowhere. Like I felt for forever. Right. So like you're in like this stagnant role of the, at your every day being the same exact fucking thing over and over again. And you're just working and working and working to pay off something that was supposed to help you be better than what you are. And yeah. Right. Crazy. Insane. And you know, these are a lot of the things that like, you know, the themes that went into fight club. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like a lot of this is it's none of this is brand new it's just been festering and festering yeah and now it's <laughs> baby boomers never wanted to like let go of power <laughs> yeah it's like man this is a pretty fucking sweet deal for us everything's great in america yeah. you know, like gen x and everybody afterwards is like fuck you guys yeah it's you know i don't like talking to my dad is i can't even do it about stuff anymore because it just turns into like a in angry back and forth and then he resorts back into he closes back off into you liberals are all the same blah blah yeah. blah i'm like no you're not fucking listening you're hearing me talk about something and then you're you're spinning it back so it just yeah. and so many makes them, sense to you you know especially like for us like so many of these people have never left western new york never mm-hmm. went and saw how anybody else lived all they know is that Hey, the steel factories closed down because a bunch of foreigners and because of free trade and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that job went away. Like, well, why did you feel entitled to that job? You know, mm-hmm. like, just because your dad had that job, why do you think that you, like, you got complacent, dude? Yeah. And no, it wasn't immigrants. It was the fact that, like, it was a low-skilled job that people figured out how to automate. And, yeah, free trade hindered that a bit. And... The politicians that made those deals, those are good deals. I, I'm all about free trade. And anybody who thinks <coughs> free trade's a bad thing, just galaxy brained. Yeah. But like hand in hand with that, understand there's gonna be losers in these deals. 
those losers are the factory workers whose jobs are going to go away from automation and from going overseas to lower cost places. Like you've got to backfill that with job training and funding it and making it easier. You know, the stupid shit that like Ivanka Trump pulled out the other month where, Oh, go find something new. Like that's like their genius plan. Yeah. Right. Right. That's essentially what needed to happen with NAFTA, but like with actual government planning and funding behind it, be like, okay, this is what you like to do. And yeah, you're like in your forties or fifties, which it's hard as fuck to get retrain on a new job at that point. Mm -hmm. You can't just tell people, sorry, guy, like you're out of luck. We decided this was best for the country and you're going (laughs) to, unfortunately you're going to be the loser in the deal. Like, yeah. What really is best for this country? Like that, the 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 talking point of, of go just go get a job is absolutely right. It's fucking ridiculous, and and like the the social media spin on this whole situation because honestly, we're we are very much still in a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Like regardless of how people want to pretend that it's fake or it's a hoax, there's two hundred thousand dead Americans. Yeah. Just go ask football team how they're doing. Yeah, seems I I was reading about that. It sounds freaking great, right? Yeah. Like, and. <laughs> I don't understand like the short memory span of, of the American L older male. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's very much like, or, or the, the propensity to not care about others anymore. Like when yeah. did people stop thinking about other people? And when did like, I mean, I propaganda has always been a thing, right. And it's been a thing for, since I can remember seeing, I, I always like the Pledge of Allegiance to me is propaganda, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, that was created during the Cold War or during a Red Scare in the 30s and mm-hmm. modified during the 50s to add in under God. Yep. Like, and, you know, I, I always felt like, you know, you stand in school and you put your hand on your heart and you say the pledge and I'm like, okay, I pledge, I pledge allegiance, but really I'm an American. I don't like does me saying these words outweigh how I actually feel about the country that I come from? And it's like a, a big performative act that you have to do. Otherwise you're a traitor and there's no context behind yeah. that anymore. Cause you know, the pledge could be a good thing. Like there's, there's nothing like really controversial in it aside from the under God part, which right. you just don't fucking say it if you don't want to. Like I don't, but it's another stupid little thing that people draw fucking political boundaries over. Like, and, and they you know, politicize when they get a chance to do it. Yeah. Right. Like kneeling at a football game. Right. I'll tell you. So one of the guys, one of the guys at my fire company was asking me the other day about some of this stuff. Right. I made the mistake of like, just mentioning, ah, oh, Bill's game was pretty good. And yeah. He's like, oh, I'm, not watching football and we go oh, fuck completely forgot. here we go <laughs> right but i finally got to bust out a line that i've been wanting to use you know he's going on the black lives matter stuff and he's like so what about blue lives don't blue lives matter and i looked at him like what is a blue life sad people <laughs> <laughs> it's true that what is a blue life like the, it's your job like they're not right. saying that police don't matter there's they're just fucking saying stop killing us Right, like, and there's nothing controversial in that statement at all. There's yeah. 
and it's it's not ambiguous. It's just saying, dude, our lives fucking matter. Like mm-hmm. we're not some second class citizen that you can just trample all over. That mm-hmm. is very plain and simple. Hundred percent. And I mean, it's just stupid gamesmanship because how if if the whole other part of that that shouts all lives matter and blue lives matter that shit's not racist what about black lives matter got you so upset and why in your defensive reaction did you say cops matter too sorry there's a fucking cognitive disconnect there where like if that's your comeback to someone saying like hey man our lives matter you're, you're essentially writing them off and you can't just People just can't fucking shut up and listen in this country, right? Everybody's got to be prepared with their comeback. And all that shows when you're engaging someone like that is that you're not interested at all in listening to the other right. party. You're just wanting to go in there and have verbal combat. It's, it's crazy. Like, why is, there, why is it always an argument? Why can't you have a real conversation about it? Like, and it's and it's racism, right? It it really is, and it comes down to. And I re, I read a great thing online the other day, and it comes to this down to this like blind support of. Like it's not even a concept. It's just. I'm hurting you at this point. Yeah. Right. At every argument online where you where where you try to make a, a valid point on something ends up being like, Oh, you're a fucking liberal snowflake, right? right. Boo hoo. Go to your, find your safe space. And it like, for these people, it really is just like, we, I don't care what's happening in this mm-hmm. world. I don't care who is getting hurt. I'm not personally affected. So, but you are, and it's hilarious to me. Like, yeah. yes, I'm glad that you're hurting. And like, talk about losing your fucking humanity. <laughs> yeah, for real. And it's you can't you can't just open your eyes and see this world around you and see right. that, that Black Lives Matter doesn't is not saying that you personally don't matter, but their lives matter too. And mm-hmm. the the evidence is there to support that. And it, you know, it. He, this is what this is the powder keg that you have basically brought on to yourself right and and even then to say that is unfair because we we know what is really going on behind the scenes as yeah. and the rioting and the looting and the violence right here's real interesting things about oh my, is my chair real squeaky that's okay okay mine is too super loud i'm like oh, i don't want to move around but I got to pee too. I'm like doing a little pee dance. You want to take a break? Uh, hey, pause it. And then I'm going to spit hot takes. Yeah. Okay, man.